Welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Al Kammerer. And today we are talking about two book adaptations of Northanger Abbey. Yes. We only have a total of four. Which means there are only two episodes that cover book adaptations, which is kind of sad. But we were only able to really find four books that we felt were like really good adaptations and not like... Like, there's, like, a Jane Austen, like, mystery series out there that, like, has a Northanger Abbey one, but it's, like, part of another series, and it's, like, like yeah. there are characters connected through that whole, it's, it's, yeah, we tried to avoid, like, the traditional series, but I say that, and then I want to point out that the two books we have are kind of also part of a, <laughs> not a series, I would, I shouldn't say a series, but, like, a collection. Yes. So... I am reading uh, Henry Tilney's Diary by Amanda Grange, which is part of the, like, Jane Austen Heroes collection. I don't know if that's the official title of the collection, but Amanda Grange has written Mr. Knightley's Diary, Mr. Darcy's Diary. There's a Colonel Brandon's (gasps) Diary. Stop it! I'm reading it uh, Ah! because I'm reading all of the other ones. Well, I'm still getting it. (laughs) I'm still getting it for myself. (laughs) Um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's that uh, that kind of collection. And Katrina, you're reading. I'm reading Northanger Abbey, you guys. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. But this one is by Val McDermott. And it's part of the series that did like the modern retelling. So Elle read Eligible for Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And then I read Emma, mm-hmm. a modern retelling. Right. Yeah. Um, when we did Emma, I just wanted to make sure because there were a couple like that were yeah. that were kind of similar yeah. <laughs> with our Emma series. So I was just making sure I was saying the right one. And then now I have Northanger Abbey, which actually I already read this. I read this back in 2014, apparently, because that's what the receipt says. That's like tucked inside <laughs> the book. I thought I had gotten it earlier than 2014, but that's when I got it. And that's when I read it. And boy, did I not remember the end? <laughs> oh, okay. Because, well, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how you liked this one because I hated Eligible so much that I refused to read the Emma one, but I really enjoyed Northanger Abbey so much, so I'm kind of interested in this one, so we'll have to see. Yeah. The but. Emma one was all right, I remember, and then mm-hmm. this one, I, I'll i get into it later. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other the other thing is, is that, you know, like Emma hasn't been my favorite Austin book that we've read so far. So Same. there's that, too. Yeah. yeah. But Northanger Abbey, which mm-hmm. has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll just jump right into my book, which yeah. is Henry Tilney's Diary. And uh, it's essentially Northanger Abbey told through Henry's point of view, which like we we see a lot of henry in his like personality and stuff and how he treats like his sister and his father and catherine and everything like that but like we don't really get to see a lot of his history like like one on one like we hear about it obviously but this we see all of that so we see before our story begins we see the mother's death and then we see stuff that happens afterwards we see his relationship with his brother frederick uh, we actually get a little bit more of a story about Frederick and why, why he is the way he is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of insight into like what he did with Isabella and stuff like that. So, yeah. Interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. So it starts out uh, in 1790. So about like eight-ish years before the story takes place. Henry is home from school. So he's at the Abbey. And this takes up a pretty nice chunk of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really see Henry and Eleanor's relationship kind of build. And they really bond over reading. um, What's it called? Let me look it up. It's it's a gothic novel because Eleanor is obsessed with gothic novels. Right. And she's currently reading a Sicilian romance. Oh. So... She's reading that, but she also has to, like, work on her her needlework. So she convinces <laughs> Henry to read aloud to her while she's working on her needlework. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does that, and they read through this book. And there's big chunks of this book, like, in this. And then there's, like, 
we see Henry like joking with Eleanor like he does with Catherine where it's like uh, they're talking about their potential future and how Eleanor could uh, like marry a Viscount like in this book and there'd be like this dastardly plot um, or Henry could marry a woman and Eleanor could be like the the old maid uh, and Henry's like oh well, you could come live with me and my wife and she'd be like oh yes but your wife could like like you could leave for business and then you come back and your wife tells you that I've left but really I'm imprisoned in the attic and you wouldn't know about it until I've died of poison or something like that you know they have this conversation and they have these these little jokes and they tease each other. Yeah. And they're using this book as a way to tease each other. And it's fucking adorable. <laughs> um, can I just say really quick that, like, the fact that she asks Henry to read to her while she works on her needlework is just, like, my dream come true. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love for a dulcet-toned Englishman <laughs> to read passages from my favorite books while I do some needlework. Like, can can so, we make this happen? This is why I listen to audiobooks. <laughs> and if you really want a good book that has that really nice narrator, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he reads it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, but I want him in person. Okay, that's different. I but know. yeah. Anyway. Just say it. Perfect <laughs> voice, really good. Anything that he narrates, you're golden. <laughs> Moving on. So this is audiobooks before audiobooks. You just right. get your you get your brother to read to you. I love it. Yeah. So they're building up this relationship and we're very clearly seeing Henry be the person that he is when he's with Catherine. Yeah. And it's freaking adorable. And there's a little passage that I would like to read to you just because it made me think of you. When I read it, it's just a tiny little thing. So um, when Henry is leaving to go back to school at the end of it, it says, Eleanor presented me with a handkerchief, which she had uh, now finished hemming. It's the handkerchief she was working on. Yeah. And he's like, I did not know this was for me. And she's like, neither did I. But, you know, I finished it. So here you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's not exactly what she said, but still. Yeah. Like, neither did I. And I'm like. So she's sitting there with him making this present for him. And it reminded me of when we had our little knitting kind of party where it was me and you knitting and watching Netflix. Yes. And I was making your bridesmaid's gift. (laughs) (laughs) I was knitting her a scarf and she's like, oh, that's really pretty. And I'm like, yeah, it's a present. (laughs) And then I gifted it to her that October. (laughs) It's perfect. It was pink, and it was one of the first things I knit, so I was really happy. And it's beautiful. (laughs) And I still have it. Yeah. I would hope so. Of course. Because I really liked it. (laughs) As I mentioned. But the point is, I thought that was adorable, and it made me think of you. Oh, I love it. I love that. Uh, So what also happens in these chapters, though, is that we see their mom. She had been sick for a while, uh, and the sickness was kind of coming and going and like ebbs and flows and stuff like that. Um, And there was a bit of conflict between her and Captain Tilney because she didn't necessarily like how he, like how he was with Frederick, the older brother, Captain Tilney. Okay. Um, Captain Tilney is like a rogue, rakish rogue kind of thing, you know. I was going to ask you, like, what is he like? Yeah, this is before he got into the army. Yeah. And he was, like, getting drunk and, like, getting into horse races. Apparently, according to the father, there were a couple of times where he, like, in his horse racing, he didn't fall and break his neck, but other people might have. Wait, 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 wait. So, (laughs) wait, Frederick Tilney is this or General Tilney? Frederick Frederick. Tilney. Okay. General Tilney says of Frederick, he gets into horse races and while he is safe, Others have broken their necks. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, because he's the oldest sibling and he's the heir. And so he's kind of like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? My life is already like played out. Like it's already set up. I don't really have to do anything. I don't have to get a job. Like I'm just going to go out and party and do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. As Um, a lot of gentlemen of that time did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, 
the general was like, no, you're going to join the army. And that's where the conflict comes from. Because the mom is like, what if he gets killed? And the father's like, well, he's going to probably kill himself otherwise. So we might as well. Right. So does it ever explain how, like, the general, like, where the general's money comes from? Like, are they upper, like, because they see, like, in the book, The general puts on airs like they're very wealthy. They have all these distinguished glass, blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, they're, he's like a military man. Like, um, I think it, I think what happened is, um, and it doesn't sit flat out say, but there are things that Henry says that like indicate that, oh, his family has owned the Abbey for generations. Okay. And like the family has money they're not poor they're not yeah they're not for wanting it just seems that the general just has it in his mind that he needs to make his kids like marry wealthy and possibly even marry for a title sure um because he wants to push the family up into even more levels um he also has like a lord and somebody else who has a title, I don't remember what the title is, um, as friends. Okay. And he tries to marry Henry off to, like, one of their daughters, and he tries to get Eleanor to marry one of the sons of his friends. So his friends all have titles. Okay. So so there's that. We also meet, uh, and we get to know uh, Eleanor's future husband, which we all know that happens, <gasps> yes. uh, but we actually get to meet him. So... I'm not going to give you too many details about it okay. because uh, Austin kept it secret. So I'm going to keep it secret too, but we get to meet him. <laughs> we we meet him at the beginning and we, we hear about him throughout the middle. And then we of course see him at the end. Okay. Well. So he's so a major kind of player. He's, he's, he's threaded throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And it's what's important is, um, and we saw this in the film adaptation. We didn't really see it in the book adaptation or in the book, but in the film adaptation, um, we saw that like moment with him and Eleanor in the forest. Uh, well, in this book, you see that like Eleanor and him are trying to keep in communication behind okay. her father's back. Okay. And she gets caught <gasps> at one point and there's some tension there, but there's like, she's clearly like she likes him yeah. and he likes her. And throughout this whole novel underneath the main story that we get is Eleanor trying to like stay in co- communication Aww. with this guy. Right. But like, they can't be together and she doesn't see that they can be in the future until something crazy happens (laughs) literally like that was the one thing in this whole book where i'm like well that pulled me out but that's (laughs) okay (laughs) it's kind of a play on that too though it was you know how austin is this book the original book is satire and it's supposed to be a play on stuff that is the that is the part in this book that is very much like oh this is very much a nod to something crazy in a gothic novel okay (laughs) yeah yeah and then, of course, we we see the mother's death. And that is all, like, we get a, all of that before we actually even go to Bath. Yeah. So it <laughs> sounds like lot. there's a lot of backstory. Yeah. We get okay. a lot of Tilney backstory. Is it, we like, do. a good quarter of the book, you would say? Like, that much backstory? Let me see here. Yeah, I'd say it's about 100-ish pages, maybe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's nice. And it by saying, oh, we get all of this stuff in the front that is separate from the actual story we're used to. I don't want to make it seem as if we get anything less from the main story because we don't. The thing is, is that we have to remember that in the main story, it's all about Catherine and Catherine experiencing all of these things that are new to her. Whereas Mm -hmm. Henry just kind of gets to sit back and watch. And we get a lot of that. Like we see Henry like seeing certain things and noting certain things and his days are just like shorter like we get the full experience of like when he's with Catherine and those chunks from the original novel like we get those all fleshed out yeah but then instead of like going home and wondering about a gothic novel he's reading he's just like I went home I went to bed and I dreamed of Catherine or something like that you know it's just like little stuff like that yeah but he sees a lot of these other things that obviously Catherine doesn't see like John Thorpe being an asshole and uh we actually see some things like he 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 runs into different people in town like he runs into John Thorpe at one point and like John is trying to sell him a horse 
So John tries to sell him a horse. Yeah. So he tries to sell him a horse and then like walks away. It's weird. But so he runs into these people at Bath, like the different people at Bath, like in Bath. Um, when Frederick shows up, so uh, Captain Tilney, because he is a captain at this point. Mm-hmm. Henry meets him at like the place where you can like buy horses. It, it must be the post where you can like pick up the, the carriages to different places and stuff like that. Because Captain Tilney arrives and they're there chatting and uh, they happen to see James Moreland leaving on his way to Fullerton huh. to like get to announce his engagement and stuff like that. And Frederick and Henry are talking and Henry's like, oh, yeah, no, that's a that's the brother of my friend. He just got engaged, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Captain Tilney and Isabella and there's a whole thing there that I don't want to spoil. But, but is it get, juicy? It You see his motivation <gasps> okay. and he does come off like the asshole that we kind of see, but there's a reason behind it. And there okay. may or may not be a bit of closure at the end. So can you just confirm or deny if you want to, does he pursue Isabella like merely for selfish means? Like he has no intention of being with her. I don't want to say that it is for selfish means. Okay. But he has no intention of marrying her at all whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. So we see that. And then, of course, we have all of the time at the Abbey and they're adorable um and then the whole thing with Catherine being thrown out henry's not home <laughs> so he's at woodston being a good vicar and having dinner with the people of his parish and everything like that and then he comes home and his dad is like you're never speaking to this woman again shape on you blah 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 and he's just like what the fuck <laughs> did you do and it's just like this huge big explosion of anger and emotions and do they get in a really good fight they do to the point where he is no longer allowed at the abbey (gasps) but then because you know like right after that the the book pretty much ends like he goes to Catherine, they get engaged and then you have a summary well we see the summary fleshed out a bit more okay so like we see what happens with Eleanor and her fiance and we get into their wedding and we start to see not just we're not just told that eventually General Tilney like is okay with the marriage between Henry and Catherine. We see why that starts to happen. Like we mm-hmm. see the interactions between all of them and we see him kind of unfrost a little bit and stuff. Like okay. That. So we get a little bit extra after the book and, uh, much like Emma, because I believe that Emma also was married in October, there's an October wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so. so then, does it seem like the general, like, is it more of a sense? Because I feel like with At the End of Northanger Abbey, you know, you feel like, yeah, he does come around, but you still feel hopeless for him. Do you feel hopeless for him at the end of this also? Yeah, because it's like oh. a reluctant coming around. Mm, okay. Also, I would like to point out that um, Catherine and Henry were married on October 11th. Oh. I was married on October 12th. Yes! (laughs) I love that. I just, as soon as I said, oh yeah, they had an October wedding, I'm like, I had an October wedding. I wonder what day they got married. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, But yeah, it's a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Just makes me love Henry Tilney even more. Um... So yeah, definitely pick it up. Cool. Even if you don't want to read Northanger Abbey, you can totally pick this book up and just get the whole thing, except it'll just be through his point of view. It's adorable. So you won't get the ridiculousness. <laughs> well, I mean... Of Catherine. Yeah, yeah. You'll just miss out on that You'll part. still... Well, you won't get all of the, like, creepy gothic novel vibes, and you sure. won't necessarily get all of the, like weird sentimental vibes because you're not seeing it through Catherine's point of view and Catherine is the one who's seeing her world through the lens of a gothic novel right but you still kind of get the naivete of Catherine and how like innocent she is and how much she lives in her imagination and everything like that so that's all still there okay yeah very cool oh also I wanted to point out something and this again might just be because this was uh one of the first novels Austin wrote yeah. But so you know how 
And at least the two other books we've read, the clergymen have been shady as fuck. Right. And we know that Henry Tilney is a clergyman. Right. Henry is the only one who we didn't see actually doing any clergyman duties. Like, he was never (laughs) preaching. Right. He didn't, like, hold a sermon. He was never even, like, quoting scripture or anything like that, as opposed to the other two who were. So I want to know what happened to Austin (laughs) between Northanger Abbey and, at the very least, uh, Pride and Prejudice and or Emma. So can I give you my thoughts on this? Because I do have a theory. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I feel like Austin is making a comment on clergymen who use their position in a preachy, preachy way mm-hmm. and like, uh, oh, emulate to whatever, like, lifestyle, whether it's like a moral one or mm-hmm. like a social climbing one, because it seems like the vicars that we have seen are a bit of, they're social climbers, like mm-hmm. Elton totally is. And even um, Mr. Collins, like, even though he knows his place still, but he still mm-hmm. is like very into like higher level society with all the respect, you know, that he shows upon Lady Catherine. Like he knows mm-hmm. like he needs to do this. And like from them, it almost seems like it comes from like a religious point of view. But Henry Tilney, we don't see him sermonizing, which implies that he has a life, which implies that, like, you know, God is great because he's a vicar and, like, he has Mm -hmm. to be, like, you know, but people still have lives. Mm -hmm. And in Mansfield Park, we will meet another character who, you know, would like to take the path of the church as well. And, like, he's not creepy. He's, like, kind of a Henry Tilney in the sense that, like, you know, I just... Like, I, I think of the line and it's like, I want to, like, have my own um, parsonage, give short sermons, and let people go on their way. You know? So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Someplace where I could sense. do good. So, like, mm-hmm. not preachy preachy, right? So it's almost as if, like, it's very much that, like, Elton and Collins, while they stand up there and speak in a way to make it seem as if they're actually, like, concerned for other people they're actually really only concerned for themselves where yes. it's, become, it's very clear that henry tilney actually has concern for other people and yeah. actually wants to help other people yeah and that, that makes sense. and also i think that they realize that there's life outside of the church as yeah. well yeah and it's not just the life of like wealthy people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so maybe that's it but we'll see. When we get to Mansfield Park, we'll have to look more <laughs> in-depth at it. Um, yeah. Or, you know what? I'm misremembering it. Well, Mansfield Park, yes. But Sense and Sensibility, that line I was, like, um, paraphrasing. It's from Sense ah. and Sensibility. So. Okay, okay. Well, so I would highly recommend my book. So let's see if I'm interested in yours or if our listeners are interested in yours. Tell us all about the modern Northanger Abbey. Yes. Um. So I really loved it and I know I really liked it when I read it before, but I couldn't remember all of the details. So rereading it again, it was like, oh, this is exciting. There's one little part that just like kind of took me out of it a little bit, but I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm over it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So where to start? Let me start with Catherine. Okay. Um, Actually, no, let me take that back. Let me start with just saying, like, this is essentially Northanger Abbey chapter by chapter verbatim, but modern. Oh, okay. Okay. So, like, not verbatim, verbatim, but, like, it's it, it's all the beats, every beat, and the chapters line up in this Northanger Abbey and the original. There's an okay. epilogue in here, so you get, like, a little bit extra, but they line up. Okay. Catherine is very much like the original Catherine. She's very into reading. She loves reading horror. She loves like Twilight and Harry Potter. And then she gets into like Dracula and Jekyll and Hyde and like like stuff like that and like the classics. Mm-hmm. Um her dad is like, you're filling your head with nonsense. Like <laughs> Well if she reads Twilight <laughs> <laughs> So the thing with our Catherine here is, like, she's very, 
yeah, she's, like, really into, like, scary horror gothic style stuff. But her big thing is, like, vampires. She's really into vampires. And she has convinced herself by the time she meets the Tilneys that they are vampires. (laughs) 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 Or not convinced herself. She has, she, like, indulges in these fantasies. Like, whenever Mm -hmm. they... Be like, oh, let's go for a hike. Oh, it's going to be too sunny. Let's go the next day when it's overcast. She's like, oh, it's because they're vampires, right? But then she's like, oh, no, I know that's not true. There's no such thing. But, like, she indulges in these little fantasies. It's because she read Twilight. It's because she's read Twilight. So she she thinks that vampires can hang out on cloudy days. Yeah, yeah, that that is legit it. And, like, it's mentioned, you know, in here. Like, you're supposed to, like, make that connection with her. Um, but I'm already it's not just, liking the setup. No, it's hilarious. It's wonderful. I do. There, the Twilight references are few and far between. It's more like things that are popular, um, in like English culture. I think it does reference, and I can't remember the series of books, but there is a series of books that they reference that I think are real ones, and then there's some that are fictional. Um, but Catherine gets to go to Edinburgh, so they don't go to Bath. They're in Edinburgh, which I was right. They were in Scotland. I said this like a few episodes before, and I remembered that part right. And it's the only thing I remembered. <laughs> um, and they're there for like an art festival. So the Allens, Mr. Allens is in like theater. Mm-hmm. And so he is always going there in the summer to this like festival to scout out like new like theater, new comedy, new whatever, like concerts, music, things like that. But he's had a heart attack and Mrs. Allen is very concerned. And so she's going along with him this time to like make sure he doesn't overwork himself. And then they bring Catherine along. They call her Cat. So she goes okay. by Cat in the okay. book. Um, and it's just a very exciting time for her. And when they get there, they, like, do the thing where they meet the Thorps. Isabella mm-hmm. goes by Bella. They get along very well. Of course she does. She's, Bella's very into, like, <laughs> she introduces Kat to, like, the series, like, the, like, a series of books that Kat hasn't read before. And, like, they gossip, gossip, gossip over it. Blah, blah, blah. It's great. Um, James comes to visit them because he gets the weekend off. And, like, he comes up with John Thorpe, who is, like, a total douche bro. He, like, drives Mm -hmm. around in this, like, so the carriage conversation, Mm -hmm. it's like that, but it's, like, his, like, convertible, like, really fast car, and he he drives, like, a moron, basically, Uh. like, like, a crazy, horrible person, and Kat is, like, ew, I do not like this guy, but she (laughs) sticks it out because she sees that Bella and James like each other, and Mm -hmm. she, you know, she's trying to, like, not be a buzzkill to, Mm -hmm. like, because she wants them to, like, you know, be happy, because she loves Mm -hmm. her brother, and she loves her new friend. Yep, so it's basically kind of like what we see in the original Northanger Abbey, just like modern day it up a bit. She meets Henry Tilney. So, okay, so they're in (laughs) Scotland, right? Uh And then, um, you know, the Allens are pretty high up. Not like super high up, but like, you know, Mr. Allen is important. He gets invited to a lot of important events being Mm -hmm. in the position that he is. And um, they get invited specifically to this ball and I forget the name of it but it's like very steeped in like Scottish tradition and there's like traditional Scottish dancing and so Catherine has to learn how to do that and so Mrs. Allen arranges it to like go set her up with this woman that she knows who teaches classes geared toward people who don't know these traditional dances so Mm -hmm. you know they can participate at the ball and so Cat goes and everybody is like pairing off because like people came together and she was the only one that came by herself and she's like, oh no, I'm going to have to dance with the teacher. And then in bursting through the door <laughs> is our Henry Tilney and he <laughs> is there because he's also knows the woman and he does it as a favor because he knows how to do this kind of dancing. And so like, he's like, yeah, there's usually not enough partners to go around. So I, you know, come in and help out. And so they get to dance together and it's Aww. very adorable adorable it's very adorable um and so you know they see each other throughout edinburgh she gets to meet eleanor all of the misunderstandings happen where john thorpe comes and like come on cat we're gonna go to glasgow or we're gonna go to this place oh we're gonna go see this haunted castle come on come on come on 
Like, all that kind of stuff happens. And, like, she sees the Tilneys. He makes up the thing about the Tilneys not being there. He's like, oh, Henry, that guy, oh, I saw him go off with some blonde girl someplace, whatever, gone, you know. He does all mm-hmm. that stuff. So all of that happens while she's in Edinburgh. And, like, you know, she goes after them. She explains everything. da 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 Then she gets to meet the general. And she is, like, uber creeped out by him because she thinks he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> But then also it's better than why I was super creeped out by him because I was super creeped out by him because I thought he was looking at Catherine as a potential new wife. Yeah, no, he he does make this comment when he first meets her and like it is described is it like, as like, oh, you have such a lovely neck. Like, no, it's just but like it's like very like ingratiating and like. She does make a comment like any other man who said this to me would like really disturb me. But because of the way the general said it and like his like standing and like who he is, she's like, I didn't take it that way. So like it's very clear like she knows like this dude isn't into her. Um, She's very also like disturbed at the way he like barks orders at his children, which is Mm -hmm. very similar to like how it is in the book. So there's all that going on. But she does get to go visit. She goes to Northanger Abbey, which is um, in, like, a little bit north of, like, where they're at. It's still in Scotland. And she has a wonderful time there. She, like, learns about Eleanor's mother and what happens. And she, like, draws... not a vampire because she's dead. (laughs) She draws this conclusion... Because, like, it is an old abbey, and there are parts of it that are still, like, pretty authentic. Like, there's Mm -hmm. turrets, but they're blocked off. And she's like, oh, what if he killed her and all this? And then she's like, wait a minute. What if he has her trapped and he's harvesting her for her blood? Oh, my God. (laughs) She's in a room. There's a chest there. You know, she like gets it open. And wait she a just... second. If she is basing her vampire theories on Twilight, then not only could the mother actually be being harvested for blood, but the Tilney kids could actually be her biological children. Because apparently in that universe, vampires can have children, which is a top argument of it for a different different time Catherine no there's a side brain fart (laughs) note there's a there's a point where like they're looking at her portrait and like they she doesn't look anything like them and she's like well that makes sense because vampires are found families oh my god so like no she has an argument I I mean sorry I should (laughs) I don't oh my god that that comment because that is a true fact vampire families are found families that's not what I'm oh my god oh my godding I'm oh my godding Catherine (laughs) just want to throw that out there no I know (laughs) Bless her. She, like I said, she really <laughs> indulges in these. Like, she knows it's not real, but she she just allows her imagination to, like, go off. Oh, bless her heart. So, I know. It's really cute. I'm um, not but, Southern, but bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they go through all the motions. You know, she, like, makes draws these conclusions about the mother. She's, like, getting to know the Tilneys more. She spends a lot of time with Eleanor. They concoct an idea where Eleanor wants to go to art school. Kat has been homeschooled all her life. She doesn't have all the, like, A-levels, and Mm -hmm. she only has a few GCSEs. So, like, go, you know, her mom says, oh, I should become a nanny. I don't know if I want to do that. I like to tell stories. I like to write specifically for children. And they, Eleanor and Kat, decide that they're going to be essentially the new, like, (laughs) Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffner, which if you're not familiar with them, um, they're, like, English authors for children's books. And, like, they do Room on the Broom and Gruffalo and all these lovely books. A writer and an illustrator Uh, is what they're going to be. They're going to be a writer-illustrator. Yeah, specifically for children. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's their plan. And, you know, they try to, like, work work out it, work it out. They, like, come up with stories and things like that. It's really cute. And then one night, Kat decides that she's going to go look in the mother's room, as she does in the original Northanger Abbey, and she's going to go up the turret because there's a turret. Three of the turrets are blocked off, mm-hmm. but there's one that isn't 
it's still like out of you shouldn't go up and down it's not safe but it isn't mm-hmm. completely blocked off and it's where the mother's quarters are and that's where she draws the conclusion that she's being kept prisoner so she goes to check out the rooms which are you know they're just normal rooms um they're not like dusty like they were in the movie they're described very much like they were in the book where they seem to be like maintained you know should mm-hmm. somebody want to move in there mm-hmm. and then she's attacked and all of her blood is drawn from her body she becomes a vampire. <laughs> and then she goes up the <laughs> turret steps and she's like commenting on how like it is like kind of weird because the steps are so worn in the center from like centuries of people going up and down them you know mm-hmm. they're it's they're kind of like she's wobbly on them all that stuff and she gets to the gate because it is blocked off higher up and it's like covered in cobwebs like the padlock is like rusted over like clearly it hasn't been disturbed in ages and she's like okay I've been crazy. I've, <laughs> I'm wrong. And she's about to turn around and go. And then she hears this noise and she's like, oh God, it's the general. I'm in so much trouble. And of course it ends up being Henry who finds her. Um. Oh, I didn't mention this. Henry is a barrister. So he's a lawyer. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, in this in this world of Northanger mm-hmm. Abbey, and so he he had like come back from a case. He's like just getting started out. You know, he's in his early twenties. Cat is still very much seventeen. Well, I was um, gonna say, yeah. wait, she is seventeen. She is seventeen. She's almost like eighteen. I don't like that. Yeah. If you're gonna have somebody in a in a relationship with somebody who is over the, they're age not in of a relationship. Eighteen then they need to be over the age of 18. They're not in a relationship. She's friends with Eleanor. I'm just and like, saying. But it's very clear. Hold on. We'll get there. Anyway. So he catches her and like, you know, they have it out that like, Cat, you know, you thought my dad murdered my mom. That's not true. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all everything is explained. And then like he, she doesn't say this, but he's like, oh my gosh, do you think we're like vampires or something? Or like, you know, it, it like all comes out and it's very sad and upsetting. And she mm-hmm. runs off and she's sad. And then the next morning, you know, much like in the book, they make up. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. So basically like, I'm not giving anything away, friends. It's beat for beat the book. <laughs> um, Except with quote-unquote vampires. He said the vampires. (laughs) So, you know, they're friends again. Everything's okay. They go out to... Woodston is a place. Um, Mm -hmm. Henry isn't, like, living there. He has, like, a little flat in Edinburgh, but, like, it's still part of the Tilney family home, and sometimes he stays there if he has to, like, go to Glasgow for a case or whatever. So they go out to Woodston all together, and they look around, and, like, you know, it's cute. It's nice. Um, You know... There's no Wi-Fi at Northanger Abbey because the general is very paranoid about people tapping into his, like, stuff because he's so important. So there's because no Wi-Fi. Because he's a vampire. Okay. He's a, yeah. Because and there's no 3G either. It's, like, kind of a black hole. So wow. She Talk can't about do, old book. <laughs> she, she can't do Facebook. She can't do Twitter. She can't do any of her social media. Um, That's, like, so, two Gs ago. Yeah. So she, like... <laughs> it's 2014. So... She, when they go to Woodston, like, her phone, like, oh, she can finally use it again. And she, like, sees the messages from Bella and from her brother. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, like, very much, like, how it is, how the letters are out, where he's, like, it's, actually, with the brother, it's text. <laughs> it's, like, text talk, and it's yeah. really, it's ridiculous. He's, like, yeah, basically, she's engaged to Til- to Frederick Tilney, and they're, like, what? That can't be it, and all this stuff. And then she gets the message from Bella, and, like, it's basically a long letter, like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know Where? why your brother's so upset, blah, 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 blah. Where? So, you know, and, yeah, they're not friends anymore, mm-hmm. and, of course, Kat's, like, no, I'm not going to fall for that. So yeah, all that happens. They come back from Woodston, you know, everything's good. Cat's going to stay a little bit longer. General goes off to London for a meeting and then comes back very abruptly and kicks Cat out of the house. Because he's a vampire. Because, no. She has, (laughs) ever since her talk with Henry, since Henry caught her, she has given Mm -hmm. that up. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. really turns a new leaf like she does Mm -hmm. in in the original one. Right, right. No, that makes (laughs) sense. I'm just making fun. Yeah. Um, so she does have to leave. She has to leave like very early in the morning by six in the morning. She gets dropped off at a bus station. She has to ride a bus from Scotland down to Dorster or Dorset. I forget. Or I don't know. Wherever. Wherever she lives in England. So Because we're really good at knowing the geography of that country. 
Yes, so yeah. good at it. Also, it's really <laughs> late, guys, and my brain is fried. I'm so sorry. Um, so she gets home and like, yeah, her family's happy to see her and they're like, Why are you here? What did you do wrong? <laughs> She's like, what I did you fuck up? I thought they were vampires. <laughs> Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so she, so, and then Henry Tilney, like, finds out as he does, he comes to her and he's like, I'm so sorry, like, and explains why his dad suddenly kicked her out. And do you feel like 2014 is far enough removed that I can just tell you? Or well, so, should I hold do, I it think, in? I think you should hold it in because otherwise, why else would we read the book? <laughs> okay. So then I won't tell you, but That's I will tell you. <laughs> because he's a vampire. No. I will say that the part where he explains why their dad kicked her out is the part that really almost pulled me out. Because I don't think... It was written, like, the idea is fine. I just don't think it was written as well. But by the end of their conversation, I feel like it has some okay. redeeming qualities. Okay. And now I need to know. So now you need to tell us. I need to tell you guys? Yeah, you need to tell us. Yeah, you got to tell us now. If it's the one thing that's going to pull you out, then that is, it. that's telling me that it's something that we need to discuss. Because I want to, like, if it's going to pull you out, then that probably means that it's unrealistic. And this is a modern adaptation. And I want to know what it is. It's not unrealistic. It's just like, okay, so Henry explains. His dad's in London. He comes across John Thorpe. You know, they play cards, whatever, Mm -hmm. because John Thorpe is also, like, everybody's a a barrister. Everybody's a lawyer. He's also a vampire. No, no. Everybody's (laughs) a lawyer. Like, her brother is starting to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Thorpe, Tilney, right? Well, when you said it's because he's also a, and I said vampire. Oh, no, lawyer. It's because he's also a vampire. They're playing cards, and he is, like, made a comment that Kat was there, and, like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice, like, down the road, like, you know, everybody seems to like her. We like her. Henry seems to like her. So, you know, maybe down the road something could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, no, that's impossible. See, you're you're barking up the wrong tree. See, I already tried. She's a lesbian. Oh. So John Thorpe makes the comment that she's a lesbian. Tilney comes home, rush, rushes home, and is like, get out! Because he sees him and Eleanor spending all this time together, which they do. They spend a ton of time together. And, like, they're always, like, whispering with each other and, like, hugging each other and, like, you know, as girls do. So, <laughs> so he's not a vampire. He's a homophobe. Essentially. And so they that, have this. Okay. But the thing that. So I'm glad you mentioned out, that because that is a, that is definitely a trigger warning thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to, like, pick up this book and read it and have right. that just suddenly be there. Yeah. Yeah. So. God. The thing, though, that, like, almost pulled me out is, like, not even all of that. Because, like, mm-hmm. that's, you know. Mm-hmm. So far, John Thorpe's a bad guy. General Tilney's mm-hmm. a bad guy. Like, makes sense to me. The thing is, like, Henry believes it, too. Like, to the point where he, like, asks her about it. And she's like, what? I like you. Isn't it obvious? Like, I like you, dude. <laughs> like, hello. I flirt with you. <laughs> like, so it's just, like really upsetting and like they they do end up working out the conversation and Catherine there is this line where she's like well I'm not a lesbian but and as far as I'm as far as I know I don't know if Eleanor is or not but god help her if she is if that's how your father is reacting seriously so like she does stand up for mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so it's not like written off as like bad like she yeah, stands yeah. up for it and she like yeah. makes yeah so yeah. and that pulled me back in so i was like okay, okay i'm back in i'm back in okay. and then like okay. henry does like realize that he's been an idiot because <laughs> he has <laughs> in this in this scenario and yeah. like all is well and 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 then he's like wait a minute you like me and she's like 
duh. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I like you too. And so they like, first it's like long distance for two years because she is like getting under the age of 18. Well, she turns 18, like essentially right after they get together. That doesn't count. I'm sorry. So she (laughs) like gets a nanny job. He is um, like working, like, you know, making a name for himself because Mm -hmm. like he's, obviously very young still he doesn't have like a name in the world like he has Mm -hmm. like a place to live and stuff because his dad is rich right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then two years after that um they move in together in the little apartment in edinburgh to like see like you know Mm -hmm. get like the little epilogue there and then two years after that they get married and then the general kind of comes around a little bit like Mm -hmm. henry and him make up because at first they have a big fight and he wants Mm -hmm. something to do with him they make up. Um, we don't really find out what happens with Eleanor. Damn it. We don't sad. find out if she is a lesbian? We don't find out. Oh, my God. I would love it if she was. But, yeah, we don't find out anything really about her in detail. No secret loves or anything like that. Um, but she does get to go to art school. So that's, that's good. good. Um, and, yeah. And that's the modern Northanger Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> General Tilney eats some garlic and dies because he's a vampire. <laughs> um, I would say it is worth the read. Like, if you like Northanger Abbey, the story, and like you want to see it in modern times, I it was enjoyable. Like, it's quick to read through. It's fun. It's light. You know, mm-hmm. if you're already familiar with the story, it's not going to be like too like taxing for you to read through. Um, I like the way it was written. I like the style of it. So, yeah, I really liked it. And I liked that they waited until she yeah. was older to get married. <laughs> yeah, but I think that she probably should have just been 18 to begin with. Like, what the fuck difference did one year make so that it wasn't creepy? Yeah. So you recommend it? I do recommend it. Okay. I do. Good to know. Well... Is there anything else you have to say about your book? I don't have anything else to say about mine other than, you know, if you like Northanger Abbey, you should read it. Yeah, same. Um, The cover is fun because the cover it's Northanger is really Abbey and there's bats because there's vampires. vampires and then security cameras because the general is paranoid. <laughs> oh, is that what those are? Yeah. And then the cat on like a little laptop um, and like satellites. Because, I don't know, he works for Maud, so, (laughs) you know. Um, So, yeah, so I just, I thought it was really nice. I didn't, like, delve into, like, you know, how, like, we know John Thorpe is awful. We know Mm -hmm. Isabella's awful, like, Mm -hmm. in the original. They're just as, like, snotty in this, but, like, it's, it's good. It's, like, good to see it in, like, modern sense because I feel like, Northanger Abbey, the original, is still very relatable for young people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this brought it makes into it that mindset. It makes it more yeah. accessible. Makes so, sense. yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, our next episode, which will be in two weeks, so not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, we will be reading our other Northanger Abbey adaptations. And both of these are very much modern twists on the story not so much a like modern take like the one katrina read this time is these are more of like here's a twist on it so Mm -hmm. i'm reading north point chalet uh by deborah white smith and what are you reading i'm reading north by northanger which is a light-hearted romantic suspense by rebecca h jameson and this book is described as fans of Hitchcock and Jane Austen will enjoy this modern mashup of North by Northwest and Northanger Abbey. Okay, okay. So it's yours is a mash between two things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine just says a contemporary retelling of Northanger Abbey. Okay. And it's definitely, I feel like it's going to have a bit of a Christmas vibe to it because there looks to be like mistletoe on the cover. Oh, perfect yeah. for the season that we're in yeah we'll see we'll see um i haven't looked into it too much um mostly just because it sounds like it's just pretty much a retelling like 
based on the back, it says that the Catherine character, whose name is Kathy, uh, she's like in a small town in Colorado. She likes suspense stories. Um, oh, Henry's name is Ben in this one. Ooh. Which seems weird. <laughs> like, uh, ben. <laughs> ben Tillman. Instead of Henry Tillman, it's Ben Tillman. Interesting. Uh, yeah. They go to a hillside chalet. Uh, but yeah. Can Kathy keep her imagination and her emotions in check long enough to get to the truth behind the mystery of the chalet? So, yeah. That's what I got. Nice. And we will tell you all all about it in two weeks, unless you want to read with us. Yes. <laughs> um. So hopefully just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You Maybe. should have this. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what a calendar looks like, so I can't That's tell okay. you. Uh, it's the 22nd. It's the 22nd. It is right before Christmas. Yep. Yay. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, I think that's everything for us for this week. Yes. So join us in two weeks on the 22nd, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.